You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Hello, welcome to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Its purpose is to dissect and discuss horror films, both old and new. We're going to crunch on uh, with this current episode, looking at what you guys voted as the best horror film of 2016. That being, Don't Breathe. Um, and uh, there was a, it was a big, big powerhouse of, uh, of horror films, I felt, that year. And we'll, we'll crunch through those in due course. But first up, I should probably introduce myself. I'm the host of the Sessions of Horror podcast. Podcast. My name is Saul Muerte. And I'm joined for this current podcast by Miles Davies. Welcome aboard, Miles. Hello. Glad to be aboard. Yeah, it's good to have you back, man. I'm, and um, I know I you've been, uh, you've jumped on board uh, with a few of the uh, best horror movie year podcast discussions that we've been yeah, going through yeah. along the way, and we're already, we've already now creeped over the the halfway mark um, and staring down the barrel of the uh, towards twenty nineteen. Oh. Um, uh, and as I said, this one was was a big was a big one. But before we get to that, I just um, I, re- I realised um, obviously once uh, "Don't Breathe" was announced as as the favourite horror film voted by our social followers, um, that you actually uh, joined me on the podcast for Fede Alvarez's uh, debut feature, which was the um, remake reimagining of Evil Dead. Um, so it's quite uh, fortuitous, and uh, that you were on board to discuss his oh, uh, sophomore film. I know, ha! Huh? I know, and I—I I just want to I, I, before we, as I said, get into the nuts and bolts of this podcast. Um, he has since directed a film, which was um, uh, what, what was it called? The Girl um, in the Spider's Web. Yes, the Girl in the Spider's Web. I haven't actually seen that one. I was curious oh, to know yeah, whether yeah. you had. I have. It's really good. Okay. I um, uh, I think it, it's to do with. It, it kind of is just a fan fiction version of the girl okay. dragon tattoos okay. and salad and stuff. But um, I think it follows the story a lot better than the David Fincher version. Okay. I did like the David Fincher version, and I love the original. Yeah, same. Yeah. I really, I really dug um, his version. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, um, it, it, I mean, Claire Foy was amazing with the salad side. Yes, it's good. And it just felt it just felt a bit more honest and less Hollywoodized, you know, than than the Apple the picture. Sure. One, so. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So. Cool. Yeah, because I, I was I, I looked at it there. I was you know in the lead up to uh, our discussions for the for the podcast, and I was like, oh, what else has he done? Because I only re- you know remembered Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. I was like, oh yeah, that's right, and I and then I realised I hadn't actually seen it, so I was like, oh, I, sh- I should check it out because um, I going off the first two films, I'm kind of a, a fan of his work, I have to say. Um, yeah, and the little film that he did as well, mm. the uh, the robot one, you know, the one where the robots are walking. That pretty much got him got him noticed in Hollywood. Yeah, this low budget short film, which is epic, basically. Yeah, yeah, that so, was the um, that's an audition piece. Was that the one that was? Um, oh, was it? Uh, I'm looking. Uh, was it the? Uh, what's it called? Um, Panic Attack, wasn't it, or something like that? Or yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. cool. What it was called? Yeah, that was a, that was a really cool. That was a really smart film. So we're like we're obviously kind of praising Fede's um, work quite quite highly um, 
he's a Uruguayan film filmmaker, and as you said, it was that short film that kind of got him noticed and uh, picked up to do the remake for um, um, under Sam Raimi's kind of franchise for Evil Dead. Um, and yeah, he's, he's still going from strength yeah. to strength. It'll be really interesting to see where he does go next. We were talking offline that you know there's been a lot of talk about a Don't Breathe sequel. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see if that does materialise or not. Um, uh, you know, I, I think Sam Raimi kind of, you know, came out and said, uh, semi recently, um, I think like last year, said, you know, it's one of the best um, sequel scripts he's ever read. So, um, I mean, he's going to champion it because he's, he's one of the wow. uh, big producers of it. But, you know, that's still a bold statement if yeah. ever there was one. Mm. Um. Okay, so look before he's certainly, he's certainly become a student of uh, of Raimi and Taper and stuff. They've really taken this guy on board, which is really nice. Yeah, well, so sort of, they've obviously you know it's all some genius in his work, <laughs> which is true. So they um yeah yes, yeah, so it's nice to see them you know handing the mantle over to the next generation of horror directors, basically. Yes, so for sure. It's nice. Yeah, no, it is one hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, mm. Okay, so. Um, so look, before we kind of go into talking about Don't Breathe and whether we cast our views on whether we we equally agree that it was the best horror film of 2016, um, I'm just going to kind of run through some of the some of the bigger hitters that were in that list um, that we put out there. So we had um, Blair Witch, which was um, again another kind of remake reimagining. Um, um, from a, an existing franchise, um, this time obviously I that was um, a- Adam Wingard's kind of obviously directed that one. So um, and wow. he was, uh, you know, we we I think both are big fans of his work. Mm. What were you going to say? Sorry, Miles, I was talking yeah. to you. Oh, sorry, no, I was going to say I, I actually just rewatched that last week. No, I'm um, serious. It's really good. It's such a solid film. Yeah, because um, because that's the game out now. The yes, game. that's right. That's yes, there is, well. and it's scaring the piss out of people. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the play this this girl, and she was losing her mind <laughs> playing it. It looks so creepy. But um, I'm I'm mega keen. That that's our next my next game purchase. I think. Yeah, man. But well, love to hear your thoughts about that one when it comes out. Um, and Simon Barrett version of of uh, right. I really, um, I really dug the ending of that of that one. I have to admit, um, I'm, I mean, I know there was a lot of kind of naysayers and said like yeah. it doesn't really offer that much. It's just using modern technology in amongst it and bits and that. But I really, I really dug the ending of it. I thought it was a really kind of uh, a good take on and and kept within the yeah. the feel of the original. Uh, personally, but there you go. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, and there were some other, there were some, as I said, some other kind of really big ones in there. There was Hush, which was Mike Flanagan's home invasion movie, which is an awesome movie. Um, and I highly recommend anyone that would see, that, that hasn't seen it to see that. One that was um, the, uh, kind of pegging alongside uh, Don't Breathe as a potential winner was um, Lights Out. Um, now, I, I really wasn't a fan of that film. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the short film. Um, but I felt like the the, the feature length version just just didn't kind of hit the mark and relied too much on jump scares. So I was kind of like 
secretly hoping Don't Breathe would come out on top personally when I saw that they were the front two. But I, you know, I, I respect that there are some fans of that movie, but yeah, not, not a big fan myself. Um, we also had Ouija Origin of Evil, which was again another Mike Flanagan flick um, that came out where he kind of. It's a really, really good movie, considering, like, I, I think I had this conversation with you at the time. Like, you know, it was a franchise that should yeah. never have been a franchise. The first one was awful. Yeah. Um, and, and he yeah. just really made something from it, and it was really, really good. Yeah, I know. Who knew? <laughs> you can make, like, a prequel, sequel, and, and it actually be better than the original. I know, film. huh? I know. It just goes like, to show you. Obviously, Flanagan's got a lot of... Uh, uh, weight on his shoulders at the moment with the upcoming Doctor Sleep that's coming out, which again will be a sequel to an existing franchise. So um, we'll be interesting to see what what comes out of that one. Um, then we've also got the Boy, which was the you know the the puppet kind of yeah. uh, one that comes to life. We had the Eyes of My Mother, which was the Nicholas oh. Pesce one, which is a really darkly darkly disturbing film, um, all shot in black and white, and um, yeah, really impactful and um, uh, he's since done that another film called Piercing, which came out. I want to say it was the end of last year, um, which has also kind of got a, pe- a lot of people oh. talking about it. Uh, we had the Neon De- Demon, which was the Nicholas Winding Refn movie, which was um, you know the kind of witchcraft kind of set in modern Hollywood kind of stuff, which was kind of interesting. And probably the other one to mention in there was the Witch. Um, which was, um, you know, the uh, the uh, Scandinavian kind of horror film that came out um, with, and I always forget her name, but she was in Glass and Split. And you Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and I really love yeah. that movie. I I, yeah. I would I would have loved to have spoken about that one too. I'm a big fan of that film. Yeah, I was I was on the fence between Don't Breathe and um, The Witch for that year. I was really yeah. like. I, I love the witch. Yeah, the same. Black, Black Nicholas, or Black. Oh, the goat. Weird. oh yeah, the Black. Weird. Is it Black Douglas? No, no, that's that's a that's a that's a drink, isn't it? <laughs> that's a. I'm pretty sure Black Douglas is a whiskey. Anyway, um, yeah, obviously got drink on drink drink yeah, in the mind. So obviously there was a there was a it was a it was a pretty solid year when you look at those kind of movies. There was um, obviously some stronger than the others, but um, it wasn't a it wasn't a poor poor year by comparison to I think last year we um, with the vote was quite slim pickings. So kind of oh. cool, and I'm and as I said, I was more than happy to talk about Don't Breathe um, when that came out on top. So, yeah. with that in mind, um, do you remember when you first watched Don't Breathe and what your immediate reaction was from watching it? Uh, see, I didn't see it at the cinema or anything. I waited till it was released online or whatever, and and I, I saw it for the first time then, so I was mega keen to stay for ages, and I just, I don't, was it on any cinemas? I don't, I don't remember seeing see, it. I don't, I don't remember over here in, in Australia. Um, yeah. Coming out, I was I was exactly like you. Heard whispers about this film, and I and I got it. I, I watched it when it came round um, yeah. to stream, you know. So, um, well, yeah. I was a fan of Evil Dead, so obviously, I was, uh, yeah, the reunion, the reunion of and Fede. So, yeah, it was definitely on the cards for to watch. I I, rem- but, um, I really remember yeah, the. I was uh, blown away. 
I rem really remember the trailer because it had all the kind of dark, you know, the night vision kind of shot. Um, and it felt really tense driven. And yes, there was something about it that felt um, like it was um, uh, like a territory that we had seen before. But there was something yeah. about it that, was that felt slightly different. There was a bit more edge to it, I felt, um, which made me go, oh, I feel like I do want to see this movie. Um, yeah. And I don't know whether I connected that it was by Fede at the time, as in the director of Evil Dead, because I'd seen Evil Dead at the movies. Um, and I don't, I don't think I quite got that connection until after the fact, but yeah. That you were, uh, it, well, it did feel like a familiar film. I mean, we've seen this a gazillion times before. We're like, yeah. wait till dark and stuff like that. That's so, yeah, exactly. Like, yes, but it had such a knew there was going to be a twist to it. So yes. that's it wasn't going to be the normal. Oh my god, is the blind person being robbed and blah blah blah? blah. Yeah, so it was. There was definitely something in that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I heard a lot of buzz about it as well. People no, you really have to see this. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, so look, let's um, let's nut through the uh, the plot line, and uh, and we'll pro we'll try and do it a bit quickly because it's probably better to talk about the areas that kind of resonate and feel strong with this because because yeah. the plot the plot in itself is is simple, but there's there's enough twists and turns that make it really stand out and make it uh, a topic of conversation. Mm. Um, you know, so we immediately see, and the cast is is a very small cast too. It's not it's not big. There's only four yeah. kind of main players within this, um, and there's an there's an extra character as well, which we'll talk about as we get to her. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's it's just the it's the four main characters within it. Uh, I guess five if you include the dog. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but we get we meet the first, the main three at first. We so we have um, Rocky, which is their our heroine, uh, played by uh, Jane Levy, um, and she it was also in Evil Dead um, as well. So a bit of a go to kind of uh, I guess muse. You get that, don't you? Directors tend to get muses sometimes, and and she, and, yeah, she, and yeah. she's really good in this. I have to say, like, um, I, I thought she was impressive in, in Evil Dead, but I, I really liked her in this too. Um, brought a lot of warm, yeah. warmth and heart to the movie. Um, and then we have Alex, who's the kind of uh, the young kind of guy who's studying law, who ha um, has a soft spot for Rocky. And the last guy's money, so he's like a, kind of like a... Cuban kind of, I guess he's Cuban, um, or Latino anyway, um, kind of, and he's the one that's got a bit more edge to him, I guess, um, and is yeah. a bit, bit more reckless. Um, and the three of them kind of are, the place is set in Detroit, I should add, um, and the three of them kind of get their money from breaking into houses and basically stealing belongings. And this is when we actually first see them, is them breaking into a house and there's not a lot of respect um, within the, you know, the, the stuff there. You know, Rocky, I think, kind of steals some clothes, puts it on herself, crashes on the bed. And then there's a bit where money's like pissing around, like literally pissing around wow. in one of the rooms um, before they um, before they make their exit. And this is how we how we kind of first see them. 
So our our, yeah. our reaction to them is is one that's not uh, isn't warm. We're not connecting to them because we're seeing them do this kind of D. Um, no. But interestingly, like we, it's swiftly followed by. There's a what I really like about this movie is there's a lot of um, backstory to the characters, particularly with Rocky and Alex. Um, oh, sure. And I, and I'm a huge fan of character development, and I felt like that was integral for us to have, to buy into their predicament, make what they were doing believable, yeah. and then care for them when things go shit, you know, shit <laughs> and south really quickly. Yeah, yeah, you needed to get that. You know, obviously they were criminals. So yeah. you needed to get why they were doing what they were doing. So, yeah. you know, and there was obviously a story there. So, you know, there was, uh, what's the face, trying to get away and take her sister away from it. Yeah, that's right. So, exactly. We see, we and, see her uh, kind of in a, in a bit of a slum environment. She's got a, um, uh, I want to say an alcoholic mother. She's very kind of abusive anyway. And, um, and there's this kind of dodgy yeah. boyfriend character that's sitting in the background who doesn't he doesn't look like he's uh he's too too much fun to hang around um so um no, no. so they kind of get uh, and i think it's money's the one that comes up with this kind of new place he says right i've got another place that we can go to uh, it's got a lot of money in there it's in a house that's in an abandoned kind of part of um, a neighbourhood, sorry, abandoned neighbourhood in, in a very kind of remote part of Detroit. Um, and there's a guy there who... Which I think Detroit, a lot of that Detroit because of the, the, a lot of the uh, car plants closed down yes. in the 80s and stuff and just created mass unemployment. So yeah. People just ended up just... Yeah, they they stopped the device the GFC as well, and they just got up and just left basically, or the banks just took that took behind and just left. That's right. Yeah, so it's so just everything's just kind of, of left it. Destination. Yeah, yeah. It's a wasteland, by the way. Yeah, and some of that was shot in Detroit, and I and I was because I was watching some of the extras on on the uh, the Blu-ray I've got, and um, and some of it was also shot in Hungary because of you know it's it was cheaper to shoot there. And there's a bit where often yeah. when they jump the fence and they kind of go into that more um, kind of overgrown kind of landscape, that's that's hungry. Um, whereas the actual, uh, I think, outside the house and some of the streets is actually Detroit. Um, yeah, so it's a very kind of like, yeah, kind of stripped, out, stripped down kind of neighbourhood. No, I was going to say it's a great setting. It's all, It's so... Uh, deserted. It's almost like it really is like Blair Witch or yes. Bed, where it's like this house in the middle of a forest, basically. Mm. But you're actually in, a, in the city. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's quite. It, it's almost like a, the next stage of his Evil Dead thing. It's like <laughs> yeah. This evil house in the middle of a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, that's true yeah, because they both forest. <laughs> they both contain yeah. some pretty dark and disturbing secrets within. Um, so we're speaking of so the so the guy in question like so all they know of him is that yeah he's got this money and he got it because it was from some settlement um when his daughter was killed in a car accident um and then um and then we kind of and it takes them a lot of time to persuade alex to join them to do it because alex is like i don't want to be a part of it 
and uh, and it, it's because of his soft spot for Rocky that he's persuaded to join them. Um, and when they do so, they're parked outside, and then they get to, you know, because they're just kind of observing the house and stuff. And this is when they get to see the guy in question. Um, and uh, the he, the guy in question is played by Stephen Lang, um, who's a, a very familiar face in the um, American circuit. I mean, most people probably know him more recently from um, Avatar. Um, uh, but he's been in like uh, loads oh, yeah. of things. Like he was in um, Manhunter as the you know the uh, I'm talking about the um, uh, Michael Mann movie. Um, and he was the journalist guy, I think, in that, from memory. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he's been a he's been a bunch of stuff. Like you know his face if you saw him. Um, and he's he's so yeah. good. he's so good in this film. Um, yeah. Now here, what they find out though at the to- um, when they're observing him is that he's blind. Um, and this is obviously, and we as the viewers who, who may have seen the trailer already knew this but if he didn't this is the first instance that you are aware that yeah he's blind um and so there are a, a few reservations again from alex but they still go ahead and do it and they know he's got a rottweiler dog as well because they see him walking around with it and so they have this stuff planned out um and basically we, we cut into the action quite quickly from that point in um because at, at night time we see the three of them outside the house and they throw this um, bit of meat in which has got a drug in it they throw it into the house or over the fence and um, and the Rottweiler dog comes up chews on it and he soon kind of succumbs to sleep um, and then they realise that they the, the doors are locked and they're trying to work their way in and, they, and there's a small window and that's the way they decide to go in well Rocky can climb through there because she's smaller. Comes in, opens the door. And what I liked about this is like Money again has this real kind of reckless approach. And it's kind of interesting to watch his character because he has a bit of a swagger about him. And already when he goes into the house, it's like he doesn't really give a shit. And he... um, and he goes upstairs, and he's the one that puts this yeah, yeah. sleeping gas bottle next to uh, the blind man's bed, and that kind of goes off, and that's going to knock him out. But he kind of watches him for a while, doesn't he, before he puts it puts it on? And yeah, he's he's willing yeah. to push things a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, and you know that he's going to be the one who gets. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's almost like saying he's gonna he's got a red flag around him. Going, (laughs) okay, you're gonna get first. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You're the cockiest. You're gonna get. Yeah, that's it. You know, you know, he's going down and down fast. He seemed like I mean, all the characters seem to be so incredibly well drawn. He was the I think he was the weakest of the bunch. I agree. Kind of. I didn't feel like I got to know him too much. No. So when he. When he got done first, I was like, nah, it wouldn't happen anyway. But it was just, I didn't really care too much. And no. He was, he, was, he was kind of asking for it in the end. Yeah. <laughs> and we, then, and we don't get... Know, obviously, he sort of he helped try to protect the other two. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. He, he, we do get... Sorry, what were going to say? No, no, I was just going to say, like, um, we don't... Of all the characters, we don't get any backstory from him either. So, I mean, that's another reason why we wouldn't necessarily, no, as an audience, no. connect with him as much. Um, but, yeah, like, he's... Um, he's still an interesting character and we'll come to maybe why in a second um as it does go south quick but um yeah. the three of them are kind of they 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 get a bit cocky and a bit more and they know they can be a bit louder because they presume um the people that are in the house are, yeah, are yeah. knocked out um and they the group kind of can't they can't find where the money is at first they see a locked door and um and this is where money presumes the money's hidden down there, and he um, he basically shoots the lock, and he uses um, uh, a water bo- a water bottle, empty water bottle, as a silencer. And apparently that's a thing. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that, but apparently you can do that, and it acts as a silencer uh, to a degree. Um, I'll have to ask Ant about that because he's our gun expert. <laughs> he seems to know this stuff, um, but. Um, but yeah, so like he, um, Strangely enough. yeah, he does. It's very odd. But there you go. He's an odd guy. What can I say? The, um, so apparently, yeah, apparently it is a thing. One of the filmmakers say it's a thing anyway. And, um, but it still gives off a bit of noise and obviously it does enough that it actually does wake up the blind man. Um, and he has this, and I love this, the first kind of thing he kind of says, there's this wavering kind of sound in his voice that he sounds scared and he's when he's saying who's there because he stutters it and so and this is again like there's the pendulum shifts so much in this movie about who you care for who you don't care for um and it's and it's an it's a sign of really good uh script writing you know it's 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 really really good and so I should probably, I mean, Fede uh, Alvarez is one of the writers of this, but probably should mention um, yeah. Rodo Sayaguez, I want to say. That's how, he, how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry if it's not pronounced properly. But probably should mention his name too because he co-wrote the script. Um, but yeah, I, I love the way the pendulum <laughs> swings in this. Um, yeah, so the blind man kind of knows there's someone in his house. Yeah. And at this point, um, oh, so hold on. So why isn't Alex in the why isn't Alex in the room when that happens? Has he already decided not to stick around? Oh, because he's got a gun. That's right. That's right. I forgot that. When money brings out the gun, um, I'm pretty sure Alex says he doesn't want to yes. buy it. So he goes. Yeah. yeah, and he seems to know he's he needs it again because he studies law. He knows his stuff, and he says, "You bring, no, you bring a gun." Yeah, that's right. And he's like, "If you bring a gun into yeah. a into into a, another man's house, that's it. They've got you." So he says, "I'm not. I'm out." And so he's already making his way out um, when uh, yeah, the blind man comes out. Right, so yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So the gun goes off. Blind man comes out. He says, "Who's there?" So he knows that someone's, someone's there. So at this point, Money's the one that kind of... He's the one that replies. And he still has the gun on him, doesn't he? And so then oh. he's kind of saying, like, you know, I'm just... Originally, he's like, oh, I thought this place was empty. I've just stumbled in. I was just going to put my head down. And then as the blind man kind of gets closer, yeah, he yeah. kind of gets more aggressive 
with the guy and says, all right, look, I know you've got the money. I, w- I want to grab it. Um, tell me where it is. Um, and then the blind man does a bit of a... Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you would call it, but he overpowers uh, money with some swift kind of yeah, uh, hand moves. skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and he realised how strong he is too. He's, you know, he's a physically stronger guy and money's kind of realising that he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, the other guy's, the blind man's got the gun and the blind man says, how many of you are there? And this is like where money has his, uh, you know, a little bit of redeeming feature because he says, there's no one here. It's just me. I'm the only one. And all yeah. the, all this the whole time, Rocky's in the room and she's yeah, yeah. like petrified and just standing there. And uh, and at that point, that's when the blind man shoots money, killing him. So, and the reason, like, yeah. what's quite good about this too is, and it does happen early on um, in the piece, but it's important because this is where it instills the fear factor. Um, we know that this guy's strong. We know he's now got in the possession of a gun and, he, and they're in his terrain. Um, so it, it, wow. it ups the tension because of that. And it, again... It, it just is really good script writing because of it. Well, it just shifts that the, the the victims have changed basically. Yeah. So the victim is like no longer the victim of the crime, it's the victim of the person in the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cool. And so, uh, so then, um, so I, at this point, um, Rocky hides in a closet. Uh, Alex has heard the gunshot, and he's heard obviously you know, realises that something's gone south. Um, so he kind of is going, oh, I should go back and find out what's going on. Um, and as Rocky's hiding in the closet, the blind man comes in to the closet and then pulls back some clothes or something and there's a safe there. And he punches it open and she can see that yeah. there's money in there. And so he realises that the money's... And the blind man checks the money's there and then closes the safe. So she not only has seen that, seen the combination, and knows, hold on, I still may be able to get out of here with the money. Um, Alex is able to make his way back, not without the blind man narrowly missing him in the corridor. He makes it to... Alex, Alex, um, sorry, Alex makes his way to Rocky. Rocky opens up the safe, gets the money, puts it in the bag and says, all right, let's go. As they're leaving, um, the blind man then finds Rocky's shoes um, by by his super smell. (laughs) Um, So he knows that money wasn't the only one there. Uh, Yeah, and... Yeah, that's right. Um, there's a moment just before it, though, isn't and he there? The doors, isn't he? Yeah, the doors. he starts locking the doors. That's right. There is a small moment just before it where uh, I think Alex. Oh, does that happen then? Where's the bit? Because I thought Alex kind of gives the game away a little bit because he treads on a creaking floorboard, and he and there's that bit where the blind man kind of says, "Who's there again?" And they're standing oh, yeah. there, and then the phone goes off, and he shoots the phone. Um, yeah. I want to say that happens just before yeah, then he stumbles right. across the shoes. Um, so anyway, he goes around and he starts locking the doors. They they realise that they need to find a way out. 
and they think well let's try the lock the locked door that was there before which is basically going into a basement and when they open it up it's not like there's no stairs it, you have to kind of climb down into it which in of itself would make you go what the fuck's going on here <laughs> um and when they climb down they're kind of stumbling around trying to trying to make their way out and that's when we get our a bit of a jump scare because suddenly a, there's a gag woman that kind of jumps out and she's in like like a bit of a padded cell um and she's and she's yeah, restrained yeah. and it's the big reveal yeah it's the big reveal yeah we find out that she's the um, the woman that was driving the car that killed mm. the blind man's daughter and basically he's held her up there so we believe that he's probably right. done this um out of revenge at this stage um and so they kind of yeah this is where rocky shows that she does have a little bit of heart even though she's she's focused on on the cash um initially um she realizes that they've got to get get them out so they aren't they free her and then they're making their way uh to there's one of those old we don't really get them in the states uh, sorry we don't really get them in australia do we but the um old kind of like doors that lead to a to a basement that um are in the ground and you lift them up to kind of climb yeah, out do they do have them out here because mm. because australia to me is a bit like everything's on stilts we don't we don't really no yeah yeah you don't really i, I don't know maybe it's like i mean northern beaches around there there's like it's, it's a lot of moisture around so any basement in the flood yeah or, yeah or um you know there is Sort of weather, so you never know. You're gonna, you're only gonna end up flooding your basement if you, yeah, with the slightest chance of rain. Yes, that's for some right. reason, Australians really have a problem with rain around <laughs> here. So, it's just, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, <you've changed. laughs> it rains, it just ends up flooding everywhere. You just go, what did that? <laughs> you get more rain in England, but it all seems to flow somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, so, dear. Yes, so we don't we don't have have that, but that's basically like where they're heading to, and they realise that that's their way out. Alex is able to; they get hold of the keys. Oh, oh they hear the guy stumbling around out um, initially out the front, don't they? Where the where the stairs are, and we have that shot where he's looking down. So there's a bit of um, a great bit of misdirection here. Um, so they and that's when they kind of stumble across the girl, and all that stuff happens, um, and they rescue her, or they try attempt to rescue her. They try and make their way out the door. He opens up the door and there's the blind man standing there with a gun. And he shoots and it kind of clips yeah. Alex's ear. He, The bullet does. He falls wow. down. The gun goes off again. There's a lot of disarray going on. And uh, Rocky kind of looks up and she sees the girl and she and the, uh, that they're trying to rescue with a huge bullet hole in her cheek. And she kind of collapses down. She's dead. So yeah. we're, we're not we're, we're introduced to a new character, but she's kind of down and out very quickly. So we're back to the initial two, and this is where they then find that they're yeah. they're stuck in the basement, and then and the power's out, and we get the whole um, um, POV of them in the dark night vision kind of sequence that we saw in the trailer. Mm. And this is really well done. And and one of the cool things about this is. Um, and I don't know if you were aware of it, Miles. Probably would because of your editing and directing background. But when the whenever the gun fires, while it's black and white, whenever the gun fires, the flare of the light 
of the gun um, lights up the room and it's all in colour for a split second and then it goes back to black and white again. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a kind of really nice moment. That's cool. Yeah, just kind of gave it a little bit of something that stood out and you get this kind of moment of seeing their surroundings and it's peppered with this kind of colour before it snaps back into darkness. Yeah, again. yeah. Well, colour only exists in light, so it's like, Yes, that's right. Um, that's why it looks black and white when you're in the dark, so... Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. You give it a flash of light and it's going to be coloured. No, it's a good technique that they did it in. Yes. So, yeah, no, yeah. it was cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and I'm just realising, before he does that, though, um, before the kind of darkness kind of sequence, the, um, the blind man does when he comes down into the cellar he finds the girl and he does start crying over her body oh. and, and there's a moment when you watch that yeah, yeah when you watch it for the first time and go oh what was that about like did he did he love this woman or you know there's this real confusing moment of yeah of seeing him kind of genuinely distraught yeah about it and we don't know why until a little bit later um yeah and so then we that get all weird yeah yeah essentially yeah it's a weird little little moment um then we get the whole kind of scene where as i said where they're in darkness there's the whole struggle there's a there's actually a uh, a fight or a bit of a fight sequence between um alex and the blind guy because he manages to grab him at one point um somehow alex is able to overpower the blind man yeah and he he then finds Rocky again, and they get upstairs, um, and they're able to block the basement door. But that's when they then find the dog, who's woken up. Um, so they have to kind of uh, escape from the dog, and they end up doing the classic running up the stairs to you know into a bedroom to kind of get away. Um, and that's when there's like a. Um, what was it? Is it an air vent or something that she climbs into, like a ventilation duct of some kind? Um, so Alex is kind of he gets her to go up there. Then the dog, yeah, the, exactly. yeah. Um, and then the dog attacks Alex. So the dog is able to get into the room, attacks Alex, and Alex falls out of an open window onto the skylight, mm. which obviously, and he's knocked out, but he's obviously on a very kind of like you can see the uh, the glass is already starting to break a little bit um yeah, and yeah yeah um we have a bit where the yes that's right so the alex is crawling along the the shaft um and then alex comes to and he's trying to very gently kind of get off the skylight without it breaking and then he looks up and then we see the blind man staring out the window, uh, the open window with a gun and he shoots, he just randomly shoots. It hits the glass and the glass smashes and then Alex falls through the skylight essentially yeah. um, to the ground. We have, then the dog starts chasing Rocky down through the, through the vent. And it's kind of like real kind of like ninja assassin kind of crawl, <laughs> crawl through. Because it's a big, big dog yeah, in a very yeah. small space, um, which is kind of um, oh, yeah. frightening and amusing in the same sense, in the same essence. Um, she tries to get away, but in doing so, she kind of fall, also falls down through. She can't quite reach the open hatch, can she? Yeah. 
and so she falls down this um, shaft um, as well um, and then uh, I think there's the scene where um, Alex is then confronted by the blind man in the utility room and they have a uh, another really quite brutal fight sequence um, there's a bit where the blind man kind yeah. of grabs Alex by the head and he shoves his head straight into like this handle of a fridge or something that looks fucking painful uh, um, and yeah, yeah, there, yeah there's a big scuffle and then basically like the blind man overpowers Alex and he grabs these garden shears um, which feels somewhat reminiscent of the film The Burning and then he um, he plunges these garden shears down, and we presume Alex is dead. Um, and yeah, yeah, I thought he was gone by that. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, and then we get, um, and even like when he does rematerialize, I was kind of for the first time I went, what? <laughs> um, how did he survive that? But yeah, I'll explain that in a sec. No, he didn't actually stab him because what I think what it was is that Money's body was in there and uh, Alex uh-huh. is able to shift in a way that it feels like the blind man blind man presumes it's um, Alex that he's stabbing, but he actually stabs uh-huh. through the body of Money. Ah, uh, um, gotcha. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he managed to get away, basically. Um and then, um, but then, uh, um, what's his name? The blind man catches up to Rocky. And uh, oh. just at the point where she feels like she's about to escape and he basically kind of, he captures her. She then wakes up and then we oh. get, we basically get the next big twist moment. Because she wakes up back in the basement yeah. and she's restrained, a bit like how uh, the, the girl was before. But then she's kind of tied in a way that she can't move and he hoists her up, doesn't he? So that she's kind of suspended yeah, in the air. Kind of weird yeah, and you kind of... And when you're watching it, you think, oh, shit, is this going to be some horrible kind of rape scene or something that's about to right. occur? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get... This is where the blind man gets his... Sorry, say again. Which, in a way, it is. <laughs> it is, it is, but it's not your conventional rape uh, scene. No. Because um, yeah. uh, yeah. essentially what, so this is where we get um, the blind guy kind of says his, this is his back, his backstory. And he has this great monologue where he talks about the death of his daughter and um, and 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 the fact that they went to trial they knew it was this this woman, the girl that he'd had tied up, who had done it, but because she was from a rich family, they basically, she got off, essentially, and escaped, and he's saying there's no justice, blah de blah And then we wow. kind of, then slowly, like, as he, as he's telling this story, he has her hoisted up, and he cuts her, her pants, doesn't he? And we kind of feel like, wow. oh shit, this is going to be some kind of dodgy rape sequence, and yet he's, we then see him kind of get out a turkey baster and there's this um, sperm that he's had frozen he's he's warming it up and he puts it into the turkey baster and um, and then he's basically kind of lets out that the girl that 
had died, he impregnated her with his sperm because he wanted to have a he wanted a, a daughter again. So he basically impregnated her with his child, yeah, yeah. and that's why he was so upset when he found out that she was dead. Um, yeah, and then and then we realised that. Well, and also he realizes now he's got another another woman in, in the house. He can he he can just do it again, and just impregnate her uh, this Rocky uh, character instead. Um, and he seems to think it's really fine because it's as long as he lets them go at the end of the nine months. Yes, and he gets himself a baby out of it. Yeah, like no, mate, the way it works. Mm. <laughs> You're a bad guy now, dude. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think I want to say in this bit too. This is where we see him put the body of the girl um, um, that's dead into like uh, like he's basically built a, a hole in the ground and he fills it up like a septic tank um, to hide her body. So it does pose the question: Was he ever actually going to genuinely let her go if he had built this yeah, thing sure, sure. To, to get rid of the body? You know. He may be all kind of trying to convince himself that what he's doing is is uh, is uh, equal in the balance, you know, of of, of his wrongs. Um, but it's a very yeah. warped way of doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and so he's telling his kind of backstory about all that, and then we realise that he's going to be doing this thing to to Rocky, and at, and just as he's about to inseminate her. With this turkey baster, um, that's when Alex turns up, and he basically um, overpowers overpowers the guy, and Rocky handcuffs the blind man to the banister or whatever it is the heating thing that was attached to. Yeah, yeah right. and um, and she kind of starts to beat the and shit. Gives him a taste. He, she literally does give a, him a taste of his own medicine, and apparently that was um, that was a bit of an ad libbed moment, um, or kind of like. All right. Um, I, uh, the writer, the other writer, not Fede, was like, um, I kind of want her. I kind of want Rocky to do this, but do you think? And they kind of felt like um, Stephen wouldn't wouldn't go for it, and Fede kind of really liked the idea, and he went. And he kept kind of putting it off, putting it off, and the build, build up to the, the to the shoot. And he basically kind of went up to him and went, "Hey, uh, Stephen, I'm thinking about just doing this thing. What do you think?" And uh, Stephen just went, "Yeah, bring it, man." <laughs> and so yeah, but it was it, it was only on the day that it wasn't in the script. It was on the day that they kind of said, right. "I want to want to put this in." Uh, and yeah, it's a it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, horrible moment. Yeah. It's good though. It's, it's, it's good. It's horrible uh, in a good yeah, way. Every actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so like they basically kind of um, start then to try and um, escape. Essentially, like you know, they realise that he's handcuffed and and they're going to try and get out. And um, and that's when um, as they go to go through the front door. And they're um, just about to open the door. Then all of a sudden, um, the blind man has somehow kind of gotten free, and he shoots Alex, and Alex falls down dead straight away. And um, and then Rocky manages to open the door and get outside, and she turns back, 
and kind of says, hey, what, what are you going to do now? And then all of a sudden the dog comes after her. Um, and she's like, oh, oh shit. Um, and she kind of um, hightails it out of there, manages to get back to the car, drops drops her money outside, the cash outside the car, but manages to get inside the car. Um, and then, um, and that's, um, but realises she doesn't have the, car keys and and can't start the car and the and the dogs on, on the outside and so she realizes that she's stuck but she kind of comes up with this macgyver trick at this stage yeah where, yeah where she yeah yeah where she and she's able to lure the dog into the boot uh by opening it up and then there's like this levy kind of thing that she's hooked up which then shuts. Like a belt. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, which she's able to shut by when she's sitting in the front seat, trapping the dog. But the dog's yeah. this huge beast, and it starts to claw its way into the uh, into the uh, out of the back seat, essentially, and starts going for her. And it and it's and it's quite close to her. And there's one point where she punches it right on the nose, um, and then um, and there's a mo- and there's a bit of a moment where the dog nearly gets her, but she manages to use the same uh, like rope thing, belt thing, to hook on his on his uh, collar, and he can't actually reach her. Yeah. Um, she then gets out the. Like, co- yeah, go on. From her face. Yeah. <laughs> centimeters away from her face. Yeah, yeah. It's full on. <laughs> yeah, and apparently that's a split screen at that point. Like so, he said it's two shots that are composed together. Not that you'd know it when you look at it. Um, but then, um, so yeah, he manages to. Um, uh, so she manages to then get out the car, picks up her thing, and then we kind of see in the background the blind man come up, and he basically overpowers her again. And he's like, "Oh fuck, she hasn't gotten away." Um, yeah. And here we go again. Yeah, here we go again. And we're like, how the hell is she going to get out of this? Um, so, so when she kind of uh, finds herself back in the house, um, she has a moment where she then is able to kind of um, get the upper hand again, though, because she uses the house's alarm system. She she sees the, um, the remote for the uh, thing that Alex had made up, which can set off the house alarms. Yeah. And he, she's able to get it and, and set it off. So, and, and and I missed a bit mentioned this earlier, but uh, she she was aware that noise was this guy's weakness from um, an earlier sequence where, um, or we as the audience are aware of that. Sorry, that is his weakness because there's a bit where he's having a fight with Alex, and the dishwasher or something washing machine goes off, and it makes that noise, and he get and he gets disorientated at that point. So they already yeah. sowed the seed there that there is a way that they can over that a character can overpower this guy, and she does so with the alarm going off, and he kind of just is randomly shooting. Yeah. Um. And then um, she hits him with the crowbar, I think, and uh, pushes him into the basement, and she presumes he's dead, and she runs off, um, and escapes before the police arrive, um. The, the ending scene, um, we see um, Rocky with her sister at the airport, 
and she sees the news report and that basically the blind man has survived and he's recovering in hospital. And he only mentions, and he's like the witness said he got broken into, but he only mentions two two robbers, and he killed them in self defence. And there's no much he he doesn't mention Rocky, and he doesn't mention the money that's gone missing. And um, yeah, and this kind of bit like realize there's a bit here where they realize she realizes that yeah, um, he's let that happen. He hasn't dobbed her in, but she also knows that there's a price to pay for her her freedom because she knows that he can always track her down or if he does track her down then she's she's fucked essentially um and then the ending is that we just see her yeah, yeah. um getting on the on, a, on the train i think it is not the airport sorry it's the train station um ready to basically leave with her sister and the close oh. credits um so how so that's how we bow out. What do we? How did you feel? What was um, uh, when you watched it the second time round? Did it did it resonate as much? Was it as good? What were your thoughts? Yeah, well, I've seen it a few times now. I rewatched mm. it about uh, three months ago. And I rewatched yeah. it again last week, <laughs> and it's still as powerful as ever. There's some really just strong set pieces that you just yeah. kind of like a dog in the car and just the tense moments around the house and stuff. It's just yeah. really strong and just feel it every single time I think yeah I agree it has that power and you know because you kind of forget stuff as well because it's kind of it's a tiny little story but there's so much little added extra bits and yeah. you just kind of forget the extra bits you go that A to B oh that's it they, with the alarm thing and yeah, and, the, yeah. and then the belt around the dogs and so you go ah oh, yeah that's right so, <laughs> and but it still puts you in that position over and over again. It's one of those rare films that I can rewatch, and over and over again, still feel quite on edge while I'm watching. Yeah. It. So it's never really sort of that. Oh, I know what's going to happen next. You know. Yes. We out of this. Um, it's it, it is still quite tense. Mm. Which is clever filmmaking, obviously. So. Yeah, and I agree, and I, and that's what I I realised again when I watched it. You know, just how strong the movie is, and like I just was like, yeah, it's it's. And I, I kind of, I, I came out feeling even more um, in agreement with our supporters that voted for this for the best horror film of the year. Because I was like, yeah, it, it's a solid, solid film. Yeah. It, it's still, I mean, I know it's only, what, three years ago, but it's still, it still feels strong. Mm. I can see it still feeling strong a few, you know, mm. decades down the track and still being a, a very good film. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where the longevity well, but you know well what? It, but... I mean, it, uses, it, uses, well, it uses simple te- filmmaking techniques. It doesn't yeah. use any flashy kind of stuff. No, it's right. the odd flashy sort of. You know, as you mentioned, the, the gun going off in the basement, yeah. lighting up the room. But that's just a, a simple technique, anyway. And it's and but it uses old-fashioned movie telling, basically. Yes, it really is no. It doesn't rely on a great deal of CGI. Any kind of special effects or any jump scares. It just it relies on the script and the direction. That's pretty much, and the, the performances, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, that's know? right, that's right. And that's that's as good as that. That's what makes it. Make it that'll hold the test, uh, the test of time, basically. So I agree. That'll um, give it a, a good sense of longevity, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. I really do. I really do. I, I. Um... I really, I think I really enjoyed it more so this time around. You know, even though I knew what was coming, I, I, I just, 
it's a very it's it's got great character as i said it's a strong the plot even though it's a, it's a simple one you know it packs so much in the 90 minute time frame um and and in a way that's that's believable too it pays uh it it does the hard yards with you know given the character background at the beginning that you start you, you do care about it there's enough twists and turns and it does any sign of a, a good film is where you oscillate between who you who you should be uh, alleging your uh, or pledging your alliance to um you know and then questioning that alliance you know through certain events that transpire as the as the film unfolds it's 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 a great movie and um yeah, I, I really liked it. So, like, yeah. I have to ask those. So, like, do, do you do you feel there's enough there for a sequel? Firstly, and what? How would you? How? Where would you personally take it if you had the chance to? I I do feel there's enough. Mm. I th- think you could take it in completely territory. Yep. Um, for the next one, uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything like the the first one whatsoever. Yeah, I it kind of feel that. Yeah, completely different. Um, yeah, I, you know, he is going to come after that money. Yeah. He's going to come after her because there's a connection there. Yes. And the fact that he didn't build her in, it was like, okay, no, I'm going to, I'm going to wait and I'm going to, I'm going to get this one myself. Yes, yes. And um, so I mean, it, it, it's not over between the two of them yet. There could no. be a real cat and mouse thing going on. Um, it'd yeah. be really interesting. So, um, you know, he could. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea where they, where, where they would want to take it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Um, did you say that uh, somebody had read the script? Sam Raimi had read the script? Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, yeah, that's right. I said that off recording. I, yes, apparently he, he basically, I can't remember when it was. I want to feel like it was, I feel like it was like last year or so, but um, he basically came out and said it's the greatest idea of a sequel um, that he's ever heard. And and I you know he's gonna say something like that, obviously because he's the producer, but that's that to uh, me is a pretty bold statement. Um, and the script yeah. apparently has been finished. It is a bold statement, and it doesn't strike me as one that sort of like big ups things unless it actually is true. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it strikes me as a very honest, honest. Part. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be it would be Which really interesting to see. <laughs> see where it goes and what they do with it for sure all right man all i think that probably uh ties us out and we're, we're coming to the end of our podcast now and we've had a little chat around it and um it was voted uh best horror film 2016 uh i i have to say i pretty much agree and i, and I was along with you too i think the witch was probably pretty close to uh to being the front runner within that particular year but having watched don't breathe i really i felt like it definitely was a strong contender and i'm, and I'm glad we got a chance to, to have a chat about it and to kind of look at uh, fede alvarez's um yeah, exactly. journey you know from our last uh, podcast as i said when we did the evil dead franchise podcasts um so on that note i just want to say thank you out there for the listeners and our social kind of followers who uh, championed this one and, and um, put it at the front runner as uh, the topic for our best horror film of 2016. Do stick around for uh, more of these as we uh, fly through them. Not long to go now, uh, but 2017. Uh, keep your eyes out on the social platforms as we push uh, push out another list for that one too. Until then, I'm your lead host, uh, Saul Murte. Uh, thanks for joining me and thanks also to my co-host, Miles Davies.
Goodbye. You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Music supplied by Peter Nezik. For more discussions or podcasts, head over to surgeonsofhorror.com or head over to our Facebook and Twitter sites for the latest news and updates.